Hello and welcome to How To Money, a financial education podcast for young Australians aimed at opening up the conversation around money. In each episode, your host, Kate Campbell, brings in a variety of guests to explore everything from buying shares to starting your own business, all with the aim of kickstarting your personal finance journey. Just a quick reminder that everything we cover in this podcast is for financial education purposes only, and we are not giving you any advice. If you do want advice, please seek the help of a qualified and competent professional and do some research. Remember, it's your money, so take control. This episode was kindly supported by eTax Accountants, Australia's favourite online tax agent. eTax is a company that I've personally used for the last few years to complete my tax returns online with live assistance from qualified accountants and definitely no chatbots in sight. Some of their unique features include a live tax refund calculator and deduction tips based on your job to help boost your tax return. So sort out your taxes today by heading to etax.com.au. Hi, Balaji. Thank you so much for joining us on the How To Money podcast today. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. Now, I've got you on the show today because you're actually the head of product strategy at Vanguard, which is one of Australia's leading ETF providers. And I've had so many questions about how to actually get started investing, what are ETFs, and how do I start building my investment portfolio? So having you on the show today, it's a great opportunity to dive into some of those questions and really break down the basics of getting started investing and building your portfolio. Look forward to it. Wonderful. So before we get started, it would be great if you could just tell the listeners a little bit about you and what you do at Vanguard. Sure. I've been at Vanguard for um, almost three years now. I head up product strategy here, which is essentially the development of all of our funds, ETFs, as well as um, when we look after money for large institutions. Yeah, I came here from one of the big banks where I used to work. And prior to that, I had a career in uh, management consulting. So our work entails a lot of um, strategy, thinking about client needs and building products, which uh, in many cases is a lot of fun. Absolutely. And I know there's always a lot going on at Vanguard and a lot of different innovations as well, which we can dive into a little bit later. Sure. Wonderful. So I thought we'd just start with the question, what is investing and why do people invest? Sure. I think um, it comes down to a very personal level, but in many ways, investing is about what we try and do to meet our own personal financial goals, whether it's a short-term goal, like saving up for a holiday or a medium-term goal, like you're saving up for school fees or a longer-term goal where you might be saving for a house deposit or looking at investing in any sort of house or shares or bonds that you might choose to buy. I think investing is, is important because investing is a way by which you give yourself stability and security and really some options in terms of um, what you might want to do with your life. We think all investing should come back to what it means for you and what it means for you from a personal financial goal perspective. You would have heard about the um, financially independent early movement. That's not to say that people who are part of that movement want to retire early, but what investing does give you is it gives you the option to do things other than just a standard nine-to-five job if that's what um, people might want to do and it gives you options to do different things and a bit more flexibility and ownership of um, of their life so i think um all we think at vanguard all investing should be for the um, very long term 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think working out your why of investing is really important, especially when you're getting started, because if you just jump in without knowing why you're doing it and what your goal is, uh, you can often get really lost because there's so much noise out there. Absolutely. And um, I think you hit on a very important note here because we will always hear through our friends and family about, you know, someone owning some stocks, which have, um, someone owns some stock, which have, which has probably done really well, or someone owns some property. What you don't generally get an understanding of is, you know, the risks that in certain individuals might be taking. So when um, at Vanguard, we think that any sort of investing that you might choose to undertake needs to be in the context of A, what is it that you're trying to invest in and how is it meeting your goal? And also understanding the potential risks you're taking of that investment not working out in the long term and what that does to your goals. Absolutely. And so if you've worked out what your goal is and what your time frame is, where do you start if you decide I'm going to start investing? How do you do it? So at Vanguard, and we've been in existence for about close to 42 years now, and we service over 30 million clients around the world. And I say that because what we've done is over the years servicing these clients, we've been able to distill how people should go about investing into four main investing principles. The first one is being very clear on goals and understanding what goals you're trying to achieve, setting some timeframes in terms of you know when and what you want to achieve them by. A good example is if you're trying to go on a holiday, we think, you know, you know, have access to the money where you can access it very easily. But if you're looking at saving for a house deposit for, you know, over a three to five year period, perhaps you should be thinking about not putting it in a bank account, but just investing it in some assets that will give you some level of growth. So setting goals are very important. And also part of that goal is to try and understand the constraints that might apply in terms of how much of your income or salary that you might be able to save to be able to contribute towards that goal. So having a very clear uh, view of that goal is very paramount and it's important. We then think, we call it balance. What we talk about is once you've figured out your goal, what is the balance of assets, whether it be property or security or other things like bonds that you will need to invest into to get you there. And from a balance perspective, we use the word balances, you always need to balance risk and reward. What happens we tend to see with investors is a lot of people focus just on the return aspects of it. So when they might want to invest in certain stocks that give them, you know, huge returns without the concept of risk. So if you are looking to invest in a stock and that that stock doesn't do well and you end up losing a lot of your capital, can you stomach that? So that's a good way of understanding risk in the context of any rewards that you might be chasing. And so our view is that any sort of investing needs to be fairly diversified and balanced across a number of securities or different asset classes where you might want to invest in. If an investor is looking at shares or bonds or international shares, we think the concept of diversification is very, very important. The third one is cost. Unlike in the um, real world when, um, where you pay a lot for something, you get a whole lot of value in return. What we've observed at Vanguard through our years of research is that that's not necessarily the case for investing. A high, paying a high cost for getting access to someone managing your money doesn't necessarily give you higher returns. It might in very small circumstances and cases, but for the most part, what you can control is the lower you pay in cost, the more you keep for, um, towards your return. So we think you know, cost is a very important consideration. 
And the final one is discipline. And the discipline is once you've figured out your goal and you've set your assets and you're not paying too much in cost, it's very important to stay disciplined. And our founder, Jack Bogle, used to call it staying the course, which is essentially not trying to react to short-term market movements where the stock market ends up going down by, you know, 7, 8, 10%. That's not to say you sell down those assets and lock in your losses, but it's essentially to stay the course over the long time. And what we've observed to our research is over time, markets do end up correcting themselves. And then there is a general trend towards markets going up over time. So again, just to summarize, like setting up goals, having a balance of assets, you know, paying very low costs and having the discipline to stay the course. And discipline is probably the hardest of those four because you can set up a perfect strategy, have automated payments going into your investments and still not know how you're going to react in different situations. Absolutely. And we're all very emotional beings and um, it is human nature to react to some of these things. So I think resisting the temptation to react is something that we should all be mindful of. But again, it's very important to link everything back to the goal that you're trying to save for and then mm. doing everything and staying the course in that context. Yeah. And if you've got that really clear goal, the discipline part is a little bit easier because you know what you're working towards rather than you've just invested your money and you don't really know why you're doing it. So discipline's a lot harder. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So now that you've got the basics and you're working out how to build your portfolio, there's quite a few different products that you can sort of um, use as sort of different jigsaw pieces to build your portfolio. And some of these include shares, exchange-traded funds, and index funds. So I thought it would be great if you could break down the differences and what each different asset class and sort of investment type is. Sure. I'll start off with shares because it's a pretty straightforward concept. So when a company mm-hmm. wants to gather more capital, they can either choose to borrow money for banks or other sources, or they can issue shares of that company, which people are able to buy. And when people buy into those shares, what they are getting is essentially a share of the profits that that company will make in the future. So a good a few examples there are the, the BHPs, the ANZ, the CBAs, they're all listed shares on the market. People can jump in on a broking platform like a Comsec or, or like a Bell Potter and buy these shares from the exchange. And we think investing in shares is a great way to invest because what you are getting is these companies often use the capital in that company and invest for growth. So you are not only giving yourself the chance to participate in that profit pool, but you are also looking at these companies investing this money appropriately over the long period of time to generate a whole lot of growth. So there's a lot of um, talk in the industry around growth assets. So shares are often referred to as growth assets. The extension of that is it's not just Australian shares. You can also invest in shares globally, in international shares like the US market, invest in the likes of an Amazon and Google and Netflix and so on and so forth. So we think having a, having a good idea of um, Australian and global shares is very important. And it's also important to understand the role of Australia in the overall market. The Australian share market size is only about 2% of the overall world shares. So we think, you know, having a diversified Mm. approach to both Australian and global shares is very important for long-term growth. I'll then talk about index funds. So index funds is a concept that um, Vanguard essentially um, pioneered. We created the um, world's first index fund when Jack Bogle, our founder, started the firm. 
Um, he created the index fund. And the best way to understand an index fund to understand what is not an index fund and bring it back to it. So typically, when you have professional fund managers or asset managers who have a mandate and a business to manage people's money. So what they do is they people invest their monies with these fund management companies or asset management companies. These managers take that money and invest it in the market. And they're actively going, meeting these companies and making a bet on the fact that a certain company will do better than the overall market. Now, these managers are often measured relative to the index, which is essentially a representation of a certain market. So a good example to understand the index is a lot of us would have heard about the ASX S&P 200 or S&P 300 or the FTSE index. If you, if you turn on any of the business channels, usually these index-oriented prices are described. So what an index is, an index is essentially a collection of different companies that reflect the overall market. So in an Australian sense, the ASX 200 index talks about the performance of the top 200 companies by size. And usually active managers or managers who pick stocks and invest in these stocks, when their performance is usually measured against this index. So when Jack Bogle looked at this 40-odd years ago, he thought a lot of these active managers who essentially pick these stocks and charge a fee were unable to just outperform a standard index. So his view was, why not start an index fund which seeks to not outperform an index but just choose to track it? So his view was, what, don't look for a needle in the haystack, just buy the entire haystack, and then you get the market performance. So from very humble beginnings in, in about 1975, indexing as a strategy has grown quite phenomenally around the world. And when Vanguard created this index fund, we also thought, well, if you don't have anyone picking these stocks and bonds, then it's essentially you're reflecting an index then these should also be offered at a very low cost. So what we've seen over time is these indexing strategies. There's a lot of money in the industry that's gone into these indexing strategies away from very high-cost asset managers. And millions of investors around the world have benefited just from this low-cost, low-portfolio turnover approach. When I talk about low-portfolio turnover, you don't have too many stocks being bought and sold. So as an index manager, when we manage money according to an index, so if a stock comes into the index, then we buy that stock. And if a stock leaves the index, then we sell it out. And there's not too much trading that happens within these portfolios. So indexing as a strategy has grown phenomenally. And that combined with low cost has, um, has put many, many investors around the world in good stead. And investors around the world have caught on to the concept of you know, this low cost type of investing as well. So, so that's, um, I spoke about shares, that's index funds. ETFs are essentially a vehicle by which you can get access to these index strategies. Basically, an ETF is a listed version of a fund, which a fund is just a portfolio of these securities. So before ETFs, you had a mutual fund or a managed fund, as they're called. Um, what an ETF does is essentially provides an avenue to get access to these indexing strategies, but it's available on the stock exchange as this listed vehicle. So people were in the past, they only had the opportunity to buy a managed fund. They now have the flexibility and ease to be able to buy a full market exposure as if they're buying a single stock. 
there's a few examples that Vanguard has where we have a product called BAS, which is the Vanguard Australian shares. It's also one of the largest share, uh, largest ETFs in the market, which is listed on the stock exchange. So people can just buy that one stock and get exposure to the top 300 companies in the Australian stock exchange. And then we also have a few other variants of, we have a property ETF, we have in ETFs in bonds, and we also have these diversified products where essentially through a one-click ETF purchase, you're getting access to a completely diversified portfolio, which goes back to the diversification principles that I spoke about in those four steps of you know having goals, balance, and cost. Mm. And ETFs are one area that's really helpful for people getting started because if you're just getting started and you've only got $500, just putting your money into one share, you're, you're 100% exposed to that one single company and it's essentially you're not diversified at all. So exchange-traded funds are a great way for beginners to diversify their portfolio with really small balances as well. Absolutely. Now that we've got the different components and sort of worked out the basics, it's often um, hard to find out how to actually go and learn more to actually um, sort of continue down your investment journey, especially as someone, if you're not working in the financial services industry and you don't come from a background where your family maybe talks about money, where do you go to learn? So there's, um, I think one of the most fundamental aspects of all types of investing is educating yourself. And there's so many avenues in the marketplace. There's, there's so many products out there. So there's many ways to do it. And I think there's formal learning versus, you know, educating yourself on how the industry's taking place. I think the best way is to try and read and find different avenues in terms of how people are investing across the board. There's a lot of investment podcasts, notably your podcast, Kate, where a podcast are a great way to try and understand because it's not a company coming in and talking about their message, but this is really about talking about what really matters to investors and how people should think. So I think one of the best ways for anyone looking to invest is to listen to many podcasts, read many articles in the media, and also try and steer clear of making sense of all the jargon that you see in the um, in the marketplace, and especially in finance. So I think if someone doesn't have formal qualifications in investing, that shouldn't deter them from wanting to continue to learn about um, all sorts of investing. There are a number of great books out there. I'd listen to Warren Buffett and how he thinks about investing. Vanguard has published a number of articles and, and many asset managers around the world are increasingly focused on educating investors on all things investing. So, you know, try and find access to as many resources you can. There's also other channels like um, on Medium. If you just um, Google investing, there's a ton of articles that will come up. So, yeah, educating oneself is crucially important. Absolutely. I definitely agree. Now you've got the basics and you've educated yourself and you're ready and you want to get started with a small balance that maybe you want to add $500 to on a monthly basis. What are your different options? So there are a number of options and there are several platforms in Australia for investors who just want to start off on investing. I think ETFs are a great way to start because it immediately takes away that decision one needs to make in terms of what particular stock one needs to pick and actually invest in a broad market-based ETF. There's a number of broking platforms out there. At Vanguard, we're um, in the late stages of launching our own 
personal investor platform. So watch the space for um, further developments. But approaching broking platforms and looking at ETFs of um, large providers, notably like Vanguard, is a great place to start. I'd, I'd encourage people to be focused on that diversification message and try and not pick stocks that could potentially be winners, but you know, adopt a um, mechanism where you are looking at a large portfolio of diversified stocks that still give you access to the stock market, but you're not taking on undue risk in any one or, one or a couple of securities that um, might or may not go your way. Absolutely. And I think that's probably a hard part when you're getting started working out what your risk reward balance is and how you want to diversify your own portfolio. That's right. I just also want to add that there's a lot of views out there in the marketplace in terms of, you know, how markets are, how markets are going. And you have um, people come in and talk to you about how they've benefited from investing in certain stocks or Bitcoin or Ethereum, which have done phenomenally well. I think it's really important to understand that what investors don't often hear is, you know, the full picture. In many cases, people naturally, and as humans, we naturally have a tendency to talk about our winnings rather than what we've lost. So I think a lot of um, the talks around the barbecue might focus on stocks that have performed exceptionally well, but there could be a story about stocks that may not have performed. So we think it's very important to understand that markets go up and down from time to time and stocks go up and down from time to time. But so long as you're diversified and have a really good understanding of your return and risk and link it back to your goals, we think that is a formula that tends to work in the very long term and it puts many investors in in very good stead. Yeah, and it is a proven strategy over time and you can actually go and look at the performance charts over many decades and have a look at how the different exchange traded funds and asset classes have performed. That's so true. And and unlike in um, in life where the more effort you put into something, the better results you get. In investing, it's um, as long as you have your goals and you have a strategy, I think frequent trading and getting in and out of something is not a strategy that um, works in the long term. And at Vanguard, you know, one of my favorite charts is um, we put out what we call an index chart, which shows the performance of all of the major asset classes like, you know, bonds, international bonds, Australian shares, international shares, cash. And we've seen shares really might have ups and downs, but over the very long term, they tend to keep going up and keeping pace with inflation. So, you know, whatever you're investing in today is able to keep pace with the future value of your money, which is very important. Yeah. And I think that chart, I'll put a link to the show notes because it's really interesting and I enjoy playing around with it because it also um, shows you major world events like the global financial crisis and how all those asset classes performed. Absolutely. Yeah. And you can have a play around and have a look at if you'd invested $1,000 at this date, what would that look like 30 years later and things like that. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, do you have any last words of wisdom you'd like to share? I'll say this again because this is so important and sometimes people don't realize that, you know, in spite of having these um, right rules of investing, that our own human biases and our reaction to adverse market movements might push us to take certain actions. So I'd like to reiterate the four core investment principles about, you know, setting very clear goals, staying diversified, keeping your costs very low for investing. And also fundamentally staying the course in terms of not reacting to whether market's going up or down and continuing to make a reasonable contribution. One of the things we've observed globally is 
an investor's ability to keep contributing to their invest towards their investment goals is worth far better than any other strategy of them, you know, trying to get in and out of stocks or trying to time markets and so on and so forth. So from an investment standpoint, it's really important to for an investor to understand all the things that are within their control and not try and chase winners or try and pick markets here and there and stay truly diversified and focused for the long term. Mm, and it comes back to that cheesy saying, it's about time in the market, not timing the market. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, if anyone wants to learn more about Vanguard and exchange traded funds, where should they go? So our website is very functional. So I think that would be a great place to start, even if you Google Vanguard Australia. There's a ton of resources out there in terms of yep. investing. It gives you a great snapshot of all our products, as well as all the details underpinning that product. I think our website is um, pretty functional, so that's um, usually a great place to start. And also on our website, there's a, what we call a um, plain talk library, which provides a lot of education for any of the items that we've touched on today. If someone wants a greater amount of detail, then you know our website is a, is a really good place to start, on, whether it's on ETFs or investing in shares or bonds or ETFs or anything else. There's a lot of content in there. Wonderful. I'll include links to that in the show notes as well so people can go and learn more about exchange traded funds and index funds from the experts. Thank you. No worries. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the How To Money podcast today. Thanks for having me. It's um, great to talk about all things investing. Thank you for listening to this episode of the How To Money podcast. If you enjoyed this, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and send any questions our way via www howtomoney.online. You can also catch us on Twitter and Instagram at howtomoneyaus and we'd love to hear from you. You've been listening to the How To Money Podcast.